Nation. Ladies and gentlemen of Lafayette. The Hammered Down Show with Jared Jesselitis is Lafayette's number one sports show. Yes, I'm excited. He totally went to Jared. The voice of Lafayette sports. The cream of the crop. Nobody does it better. Send us your thoughts on the text line at 765-447-4080. Now go to that voodoo that you do. Smokes, more races, three days. Uh, he's down there at IMS, and, uh, yeah, he's going to give us uh, all the lowdown on what's been going on with that. Catch up with Nick, always a good time. Plenty of stuff to discuss today. Let's get started with your need-to-know news. Here's your need-to-know news. All right, Cubs going to lose their rubber match last night to the Mets, unfortunately, 4-3. to three. Uh, That is the final out there. Say a Suzuki homered in the top of the ninth. The rally comes up just a run short, though. Suzuki three for four, two runs, and a homer. Uh, Candelaria with two for four at the plate. Kyle Hendricks, no decision, five innings, five hits, two earned, six strikeouts. Cubbies, they got the night off here tonight. They're going to head to Canada, the Great White North. Face the Blue Jays tomorrow. Javier Assad taking them up against Jose Barrios. White Sox. They did win their rubber match. 9-2 over the Yankees. Clevenger gets the dub. Six innings, three hits, one earned, six Ks. The bottom five guys in the rotation all got a hit and combined for eight for 18 from the plate. With seven RBIs. Former Sox, uh, Keaton Middleton. Finally saw action against his old club for the first time after he threw him under the bus last week. He went two innings, two hits, one earned run. The Sox, as petty as they are, refused to put his name up on the scoreboard. I love it. Sox also get the night off tonight. Brew Crew coming to town. Corbin Burns takes on Michael Kopech tomorrow. Yeah, you Cubs fans all of a sudden turned into uh, White Sox fans as we didn't you? Uh-huh. Ain't nothing wrong with that for this, uh, at this juncture, that's for sure. How about this? We'll go into it a little bit more in depth here. I don't know. I've not seen this corroborated anywhere, but it is out there. A Des Moines, Iowa-based radio show, Miller and Condon. Uh-huh. Say the Big Ten title game will be played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas over the next couple of years. Really? Maybe. Uh, We'll discuss it later. That report is out there. Uh, News from Colts camp. Anthony Richardson will get the start Saturday night when the Colts head to Buffalo for their first preseason game. The question is, who's going to be a running back? Evan Hall took first team reps today. He's number four on that chart. Uh, Kareem Hunt has left Indianapolis after flying out for a meeting from a meeting with the Saints. Colts did make an offer, says Adam Schefter, but the two sides were unable to reach an agreement. There is still, quote, continued interest from other teams. 
Colts still need some depth, though. They signed Jason Huntley. Uh, Ex-Bears player Buster Scrine was arrested in Canada after authorities say he fraudulently obtained more than $100,000 from banks throughout the country per TMZ. $100,000 Canadian? What is that, like $750 here? No, wait, that's about the same. Uh... Wednesday, police uh, arrested Scrine said he attended numerous financial institutions recently in order to illegal obtain, uh, legally obtain cash. They claimed as part of his scheme, Scrine would identify himself as a retired NFL player, open bank accounts with fraudulent checks, and then obtain a portion of the money before the check cleared. Not cool, man. Not cool at all. And there you go. That's what we got for today on your need-to-know news. A lot of afternoon baseball going on. Like, I know we don't have any Chicago baseball, but we've got all this afternoon baseball going on. Houston and Baltimore, Pittsburgh, Atlanta, Detroit, Minnesota. I mean, not even anything that really affects... Uh, the uh, it's the Cubs at this point, right? Does it really does anything affect the White Sox at this point? Uh, I don't think so. They're not making the run. Yeah, basically everybody's got the day off today. We do get NFL football back tonight. Oh, I'm excited about that. Patriots a one and a half point dog tonight. Take it on Houston. I'm on the under tonight. Billy Zappi's like the starting quarterback. The magic number, I'm told, in the preseason here is anytime you, you start to cross 37, and that's what I got it at, 37. That's the magic number. That's where you're looking for the unders. Oh, I apologize. This is three and a half now in favor of Houston. In New England. We get that tonight. We also have Minnesota and Seattle. The overrunner is 35 in that one. Seattle minus three and a half. Look, it's dicey. If you want to get in on this, you know, that's up to you. The problem with it is you just... You don't know what units are staying in there the longest. You know, they'll announce, hey, so-and-so starting, and, and maybe that's good for you there, but it gets a little dicey. Thirty-seven and a half. Over on DraftKings for tonight's Houston in New England game. I'd take the under. That's where I'm at. That's where my mind's at on that. Did they let me? They don't let me do. There's no way I can um, do teasers on this yet, right? They, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be so foolish as to let me do teasers on this. And uh, see, they don't even have teasers set up for the preseason game. Smart move. Smart move. 
Otherwise, you'd be all over it. Uh, you still got a few baseball games tonight. Not a ton. Washington Phillies. Philadelphia's a big favorite in that one. Tampa Bay and the Cardinals tonight. Kansas City and Boston. And the Dodgers are massive favorites against Colorado. I mean, the closest line you got here is Tampa Bay's only minus 198 against St. Louis. Everybody else is minus 200 or worse tonight. This ain't a great night. I gotta find myself a WNBA uh, better tonight. That's what I need. Get the Indiana Fever in action again tonight against the Lynx. Now you got some PGA golf, but you're too late to that. It's just it's kind of Thursdays are hard, man, because you get so much of this uh, afternoon baseball. And on top of that, you get a lot of teams that are they they got the day off. So, yeah, best of luck to you. I'm going to go. That's my light action tonight. I'm on the under. Just because we're at 37 and a half here. Texans and the Patriots. That's 7 o'clock tonight on the NFL Network. Uh, hopefully you get to enjoy it. We're going to take a break. We're going to come back here. Nick Yeoman is going to join us next. Big weekend down at IMS. Kicks off uh, tomorrow. Uh, with the IndyCar. The IndyCar is going to be out there on Friday. And then we transition to NASCAR Saturday, Sunday. It's a lot going on. We'll talk with him. He's coming up. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017. Hey, welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com. All right, let's go over to the Hammerhead Hotline. We're going to bring our old buddy in, Nicky Ullman. Uh, you know him as part of the IndyCar. Uh, network that uh, broadcasts the races but it's a busy weekend down there in IMS uh he's going to do not one not two not three. you're doing four races this weekend yeah that's right Jared it's uh it's going to be a busy one first time ever that uh NASCAR IndyCar and both of their uh kind of triple a feeder series are all in action on the same weekend so uh we get started Tomorrow down at the track with uh, with mostly the open wheel stuff. It's a bit of a blend on Saturday. And then, of course, the NASCAR Cup guys on Sunday. But, uh, man, it's cool. What an opportunity for fans to see a lot of different types of racing at Indianapolis. But it's going to keep the broadcasters busy. I'm going to have to get those throat lozenges ready to uh, <laughs> do a lot of talking over the weekend. You know, did you get crazy? Just get fully crazy with it. Let's run NASCAR and IndyCar at the exact same time. Let's just get them all out there. Let's see what happens. You know, crazier things have happened. I think that'd be fun. That's what you see a lot of times in sports car racing. Yeah. Where you've got, like, you know, the, the prototype cars that are going 200 miles an hour, and then you've got the, you know, the little Porsches out there and the Corvettes that aren't doing going nearly as fast. And, yeah, it could create some, uh, some narrow misses. That would be, uh, be fun. I'd be for it. So, you know, here we are. We're all back at Indy. This is different from when we were kind of growing up because there wasn't no road courses out there. No, IndyCar's been doing this for a little bit longer than, than, than NASCAR has. Uh, let's start with uh, the IndyCar series. I mean, how much prestige? We all know the Indy 500. That's the crown jewel, right? That's the thing. That's the big kahuna. Uh, but IMS is still very special. W- where is this course, though, in this race, you think, specifically on the prestige level uh, for IndyCar? 
Yeah, no, I mean, I'm, I'm not going to lie to you and say that it's right there with the Indianapolis 500. I mean, that is its own beast. And, and there are certainly some other races on the county car calendar where, uh, you know, we've got a Long Beach and then Texas, and those are races that mean a lot. So this one's kind of, it's kind of floated around. It's still a win in Indianapolis, and it, and it comes in the point in the season in IndyCar with just four races left where uh, obviously there's a lot on the line still with, with the championship and drivers trying to shore up their plans for next year. So it's a big weekend. Is it the most prestigious IndyCar race in the world? No. And that's why I think that you might see next year this one, this second road course date here in the summer, go away and maybe IndyCar running somewhere else uh, and adding a new race to the schedule. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's still a great opportunity because, the, the you know, really the, the home of the fans is right there in Indianapolis. So, still going to be a lot of folks out there and they're excited to see indy cars but no i'm not going to pretend like this one's the indy 500 by any means talking with nick yeoman here on our uh, hammerhead hotline so uh when it comes to the indy car this weekend uh who are the names that really excel on a, a course like this who, who do you expect to be uh maybe on that podium at the end of the day well the, the big one is alex below and he is uh really dominated this championship i think there's a pretty good chance that he wraps up the title here in a couple weeks uh, down in St. Louis because he's had a fantastic season and he already won on the road course in Indianapolis, did that in the month of May, uh, winning the, right before the Indianapolis 500. So he's going to be really good. There are some names a little bit deeper in the field who I think uh, you got to watch. Christian Lundgaard is a driver from Denmark who got his first win uh, in Toronto a few weeks ago, has been really coming on strong for uh, Bobby Rahal and David Letterman's team, and he's got a really good feel for the track as well. So uh, it, it's going to be uh, Alex Pillow versus the world in IndyCar, but there are certainly some drivers that I think can push him this weekend. You know, for fans that haven't been keeping up to date with the uh, with the IndyCar series, uh, when we talked to you back uh, in May and we are talking about the Indianapolis 500, that, that you know, Letterman, Rahal, Letterman racing team, which is really, really, really struggled. Have they been able to turn that thing around? Yeah, they have, Jared. And, and just like you see in a lot of stick-and-ball sports, uh, when you don't show up on the biggest stage, uh, usually changes are made immediately, and that's what they did. There were some guys that were let go, reassigned to some different areas, and, and it's we've seen this team kind of turn their way around uh, getting to victory lane, as I mentioned earlier this season at, at Toronto. So, uh, yeah, that, that was uh, not a good look for Bobby Rahal and David Letterman's team. They made some changes, and, uh, yeah, they've kind of crept a little bit closer to the mid-pack where they would like to be uh, compared to where they were in Indy, which was flat, no doubt about it, the slowest team in the sport. Yeah, I didn't think having David Letterman as a jackman was really a great idea for them. <laughs> Not slowing down a little bit. Glad to see they finally made those uh, changes there. Uh, Nick, I know uh, you know NASCAR not the most familiar thing, and you know compared to what you do with uh, IndyCar, but there is some stuff to be excited about with this. Uh, I know local fans were excited to see this. Uh, it's another uh, Purdue racing car. I know it's Purdue University Indianapolis, but it's still the Motion P. It's on a race car. That's uh, that's exciting stuff. I'm sure you're pumped about that too. No, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I think I love what uh, you know Purdue Indianapolis and, and obviously the Big P or what they're doing with from a marketing standpoint of getting involved in motorsports, had a couple of the SRX series cars driven by Elio Castroneves and Tony Ganon stickered up in the Purdue golden black colors. And then, uh, yeah, Ryan Priest driving for, for Tony Stewart's team this weekend will be flying the Purdue Indianapolis colors as well. So it's a great looking race car. And uh, I think it's an awesome crossover too, right? I mean, you've got an engineering school in Purdue and there are so many boilermakers, not only in the IndyCar paddock, but in the NASCAR garages as well that kind of, uh, you know, make their way 
uh, to racing coming from Purdue or Purdue Indianapolis. So, no, it's been very, very cool. I think our friend Derek Schultz may have a little something to do with that as well with his new gig, and uh, it's, it's, it's awesome. I think the cars look great, and I think a lot of folks here around West Lafayette would love to see that, that Purdue car in victory lane on Sunday. Shout-out to Derek, friend of the show here. It's uh, Nick Yeoman on our Hammerhead Hotline. We're getting excited for the – Race weekend, of course, talked to Austin Cindric yesterday. Remember, we're telling you kids 15 and under uh, in for free with the uh, paid adult admission this weekend. So make sure you pick up those tickets. Uh, it's great for the whole family. Uh, Nick, what are you looking forward to, though, in that uh, NASCAR race? What should fans be watching for uh, in your estimation? Well, I would tell fans that if you want to see NASCAR run on the Indianapolis road course and you haven't yet, this is probably the year to do it because while well, nothing's been confirmed, a lot of people expect that the uh, NASCAR race in Indianapolis may go back to the Oval starting next year. Uh, again, nothing conferred, but that's uh, something that a lot of people, one of those worst-kept secrets in the sport right now. So uh, as a result, if you want to get a chance to see NASCAR race on the road course as well with IndyCar, because I'm not sure this type of race weekend is going to be around next year either, this will be the year to do it. Weather looks good, and uh, and really excited to see that the NASCAR guys mix it up. They've had a really competitive season. They've got a driver by the name of Chris Busher, who's won the last two races entering this weekend, and he's kind of a journeyman who's only got you know three wins to his name. It's a great story. Uh, and then you've got the, the heavy hitters. They're all going to be in town. Guys like Chase Elliott and Kyle Larson, uh, such popular names who have not won at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway and are going to get another shot this weekend as well. So uh, a lot on the plate at the world's greatest race course this weekend, Jared. And it's a road course, too, so I'm usually in on Boris Said uh, with the NASCAR racing when we get the road tracks. That's my guy. Any chance well for him done. this weekend? Well done. I don't think Boris is competing, but I am blown away that you reached to the deepest parts of that brain of yours and pulled that name out of the hat. Holy smokes, Jared. That's impressive. Well, basketball's over in Germany. I figure you're going to come up with a German name there, right? So it's the I'm just I'm in that space right now. That's right. Do you think Matt Painter yells in German at his players, and do you think they understand it this weekend? I'm probably going to say no. But uh, given Painter, maybe he's had some time in the offseason. Maybe he's picked some German phrases up. I, I think he's been showing them all pictures of uh, David Hasselhoff to try to motivate him. Is actually what it's been. <laughs> They've been listening to Hasselhoff all weekend. Hey, you know, I asked Austin Sindrick this, uh, Nick. I'll ask you because I'm a little surprised. I, one of the coolest things about uh, Memorial Day weekend at the track, I thought, used to be when guys like Tony Stewart would run the 500, hop in a helicopter, and then go all the way to was it Charlotte to run the Coca-Cola 600, right? Yep. Um, you would think that if somebody wanted to try to run two races, this is the weekend to do it, and yet uh, it doesn't seem, nobody's doing that, are they? Are you a little disappointed about that? It, it's honestly, Jared, it's the most disappointing thing about the entire weekend, and, and, and I am really disappointed that, that somebody hasn't found a way, especially... And I got to be careful because he's also my boss. But Roger Penske owns teams in IndyCar and a NASCAR. Exactly, so he, Austin. I told Austin he's cars. young enough to do it. Why not give it a try? He's like, oh hell yeah, I do it. And I'm like, well, the, you guys got to have these ideas ahead of time, man. I can't give you the million dollar ideas like two days before. Yeah, and, and listen, I, I know it takes sponsorship dollars, and you got to have the funding to get it done. But it just seemed like the easiest win of all wins, right there. I will say this: there are some cool crossover stories in the nascar race uh this guy by the name of shane van gisbergen who blew the world away won in the nascar race up on the chicago streets in his very first race this is his next race in, in nascar and we haven't seen him since so he, he's a guy that comes over from australia that races supercars 
Uh, I've got a, a Japanese driver by the name of Kamui Kobayashi who's racing. He's a sports car driver. He's in the NASCAR race as well. But you're right. The biggest win was just sitting there of, hey, let's get an IndyCar guy in the NASCAR race or vice versa. And, yeah, I, I'm, I'm quite disappointed that uh, if this dual weekend goes away like I think it might next year, uh, the fact that we didn't have a crossover is, is, I think, it's one of the biggest missed opportunities we've seen. Well, hopefully, look, guys like Alex Pillow, you, you IndyCar drivers, Hang around, hang tight. You don't know. Perhaps Boris said gets sick, and they're going to need somebody to fill in in that car at the last second. It could be you. You could compete the dream. God, I love it. I don't think Boris said has run a NASCAR race since like 2003. <laughs> I am, uh, I, that's the biggest takeaway from this interview, Jared, that you even know who Boris said is. He's great. He looks like Sideshow Bob from The Simpsons. He's he does, doesn't he? A little bit. Yep. You know, I could have gone with that. You could have gone with what? Uh, Danica, maybe, or I could have gone with uh, Jimmy Johnson was probably the laziest one to do, right? <laughs> yeah, well, those are all big names. Danica, Jimmy Johnson, those are mega names. You pulled Boris said out of that. Holy smokes. I had to flex on you. I'm sorry. I didn't want to have to do that, but sometimes i got to flex my big brain, man. i gotta, I got to remind you who's who. I'm impressed, no doubt. <laughs> Nick Yeoman again. I don't know how in the world he's going to like eat or use the bathroom at all because he's going to be in a scissor lift for like the entire weekend. But at least the weather seems like it's going to be really nice. Get on down to their track. Uh, make sure you take your headphones with you. Tune in. Listen to uh, Nick, everybody. Who else is all on the calls this weekend with you? Oh, goodness. I mean, in terms of names that you'll know around here, Jake Query, uh, the voice of the 500, Mark James, he's going to help call the NASCAR action. And then uh, if you're a familiar NASCAR listener, Doug Rice and Pat Patterson, Brad Gilly, all uh, talented and veteran NASCAR announcers. They're going to lend their talents as well. So it's cool. It's kind of a blended crew. It's about half of the IndyCar broadcast guys, half of the NASCAR guys. So uh, we make it work and, and share everyone's expertise, and we have a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun at Indy. Best of luck with your voice, man. Prayers up for it. I hope you make it all <laughs> the way through. Nick Gilman, everybody. It's always a pleasure, my friend, talking a little racing with you here. Uh, I know this is going to be a fun weekend for you, man. So uh, I hope you enjoy it. Go get him, Boris said, number one. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. Take care. <laughs> There's Nick Yeoman for you. Oh, we're going to take a break. Don't go anywhere. We're coming back. Uh, these, uh, these rumors here that the Big Ten Championship game might have found a new stadium to play in here after Indianapolis. Uh, is it good? Is it bad? Can we even buy into it? Let's talk about it. It's coming up next. This is the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 101. <laughs> And welcome back. It is the Hammer Down Show, 1017 The Hammer, 1017TheHammer.com with Jerry Jessalitis. Thank you, Nick Yeoman, for being a part of the broadcast. We'll uh, get up here after the show. Uh, I do want to get into this report about the Big Ten Football Championship game getting uh, moved out of Indianapolis. But first, uh, Purdue men's basketball has wrapped their second game in Germany, taking on the BG Hessing Kangaroos. 92 to 57. Sorry, Kangaroos. Thanks for showing up. Miles Colvin, 16 points, four rebounds. Cam Heidi, 15 points, three of three from three. Trey Cobbman Wren, 15.6 rebounds. Fletch, 13 points, four assists. Braden Smith with 11 assists. Very nice. Does it mean anything? Absolutely not. It's, uh, it's good. You know, we've been talking about this with the trip. Um, you're experimenting. You're getting some of these other guys that, um, you know, were bench guys or red shirt guys. You're getting them good competition outside of practice, getting them some run. I mean, that's the important thing here. It's the experience, the bonding, 
and uh, playing against some different competition. Those are good numbers. Very, very good numbers. All right, so a a radio show in Iowa, in Des Moines, says the Big Ten title game is going to get played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Now, grain of salt, I'm not saying that it's officially happening. That's the rumor. It is out there. Seems like a weird place for it to originate. That's why I say with a grain of salt. But we'll see. I don't have that much of a problem with it. See, a lot of people think they want it to be in the Midwest. I know Indianapolis is fantastic. This is what they do. The media like it there. It's easy to get to. There's the hotel accommodations. It just, it works. Same thing like having the the Final Four. It works. And he knows how to do this stuff. But if it was going to move someplace, this is the logical place for me. Right? Because, first off, it's going to have to get played in, uh, they, they want it in a dome. They're not going to go play this thing outside. So if you stay in, let's say you stay in the footprint. The main Big Ten footprint. Right? There's, you're looking for NFL stadiums. You could go all the way up to Minneapolis. I don't know that does a whole lot for your fan, you know, for your Big Ten fans. I don't think, you know, going to Minneapolis in November isn't exactly December, sorry. Sounds like a nightmare. All right, you're not going out to Cleveland. You're not going down to Cincinnati and playing in those NFL stadiums outdoors. You're not going out to Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, playing outdoors. You're not going down to Washington. That's a terrible, terrible location. Now, who else has got? You go play at Soldier Field? Yeah. Indianapolis is great. It's indoors. Maybe Detroit? Go up to Detroit? Yeah. See what I mean? Not a whole lot of options. Going out to Las Vegas, you know you've got the um you, you know you got the hotels, no problem. They do this touristy stuff all the time. Lord knows the Pac-10 ain't gonna be using Pac-12, whatever the heck they can call themselves. Ain't gonna be using it anymore. And I think it's better than going to SoFi. Do you hear people coming out talking about the Super Bowl out of SoFi, how hard it was? to Now, great, that's a much bigger event. That stadium's hard to get to from the hotels. L.A. is expensive. And if you're going to do it in, in L.A., you might as well go do it at the Rose Bowl.
but that's not going to attract the kind of money that it would at SoFi. So really, what are the options here? I don't hate it. Now, Las Vegas, that can be affordable. Do I want to get on a flight for three and a half hours? Probably not, but it's it's doable. Given some of the alternatives, too, where would you rather go and fly in December? Minneapolis or Las Vegas? You know, I, I try to look, what are some other, you know, you go in the, you, you're not going to go play this in Seattle. You're not going to go down south and play in like a Dallas or a Houston, and you're not going to go in the SEC's backyard to do that. Maybe when Nashville builds that stadium, that's about as far into SEC territory as you would go to play that. You're not dipping down to Florida to host it. It's not like basketball. It's it's a whole lot easier to, to, to find basketball venues, I think, than it is to find a football venue in the middle of the NFL season, mind you, that's going to work out for you. Not to mention, again, we're talking about December. The last thing you want is a snowstorm disrupting uh, all the arrivals. For your players and your fans. That's why I think places like, you know, Minneapolis, it's it's not that enticing. You want a dome facility, there's just not a lot in the Big Ten footprint. So go out west. Vegas is like that that's everybody's backyard. It works out. So, yeah, I I don't hate it. I don't know if it's a reality. Um, I would still like to see Indianapolis hosting it some of the years. But I also understand now we have four new friends out there on the West Coast, and their fans wouldn't mind having something a little bit closer. I can be sympathetic to that. And, yeah, I, I, I much rather much rather be in Vegas than I would L.A. It's just, it's superior in a lot of ways. It's going to be easier to get to that stadium. There are plenty of great hotel accommodations. It's easy to fly into from wherever you're at. I think it, it, it works. It works. And if they did this thing where they alternated Vegas and Indianapolis... I think I'd be open to that, wouldn't you? But in terms of where else can you have it, where else can you have it? I don't think there's a long list of places unless you want to go outdoors. And I don't think they want to play that game outdoors. Certainly, USC does not want to be playing for the Big Ten title at Soldier Field in December. They have zero interest in that. It'd be fun to watch. But zero interest in that. I like a dome. Neutral site. 
It's fair for everybody. Especially now that we're talking about having USC and UCLA be potential players in that game. I know we're all excited for like to see them come up and play like Minnesota in November and like, you know, the snow and stuff. But let's be realistic. Putting it in an outdoor venue in the middle of the Midwest in December makes that a huge disadvantage uh, for those two, specifically. I would like for that game to be as fair as you can make it. And that's what playing, you know, in a, in a dome does for you. All right, we're going to take our final break. We'll come back. Hey, things we might have missed and more. Stick around. There's more Hammer Down Show after the break. 1017 The Hammer. 101. Hey, we're back on the Hammer Down Show on 1017 The Hammer and 1017TheHammer.com. Jared Jesselitis, thanks for hanging out with me here talking local sports. All right, let's get to some of the things we may have missed. We know Anthony Richardson is going to get the start on Saturday for the Colts. Uh, but it sounds like in Buffalo, no Josh Allen and no Stephon Diggs. Diggs apparently got a little shaken up at practice, but hey, it's uh, it is what it is. So you know, it's the preseason. What do you? How much are you going to get out of it? Uh, I did uh, see this news though today regarding the Buffalo Bills. Turns out that. Uh, Brand new shiny stadium that they're building. Already a few hundred million dollars over budgets. Whoopsies. Wonder where that money's going to come from. I absolutely hate that you've got billionaires getting taxpayer money for their own new stadium. Like, you know... Taxpayers and all that stuff kicking in. I don't know, let's say the thing costs a billion dollars. What are you kicking in? Seven hundred and fifty? You're doing seventy-five percent of it, they're doing twenty-five, and then they basically run and do everything with a joint. I hate it. Three months after construction started, cost overruns are projected to hit get this. Three Hundred million. The original estimate was 1.4 billion. Now we're already up to 1.7 billion, and could even reach 1.9 billion dollars. How do you misestimate by 500 million dollars? Taxpayers are on the hook for 850 million. But allegedly, the bills are on the hook for the cost of the overruns. <laughs> we'll see if that happens. Titans also released a new look at their stadium, which doesn't have a whole lot of outside character. Inside looks great. I mean, they're turning into like this Midwest party town. It's a destination, not just for the bachelorette parties to go in front of the murals anymore. New stadiums. Um, uh, another thing I've noticed here today, the inter- I don't know who little Tay is. The internet keeps on trying to get me to care about this person. Uh, it, apparently some little girl 
she, no, she's like a Canadian rapper on these videos. Family says she's dead. Then they say she's alive. There's uh, the, the, the social media has been hacked, but now the parents won't confirm or deny that she's alive or dead. It's just, what is going, what? What? I do not want to go down this rabbit hole. Please don't make me go down this rabbit hole. Just call me when we get to the podcast or the Netflix documentary on it. I'll circle back then. This is one of the things that it, it encapsulates everything that I hate about Twitter, right? They try to make you care about something or someone that you don't know and wouldn't normally care about. And then also it's you, you can't get any kind of accurate reporting whatsoever. Like literally the two biggest complaints that I have about Twitter. The third one is I could just be scrolling through and looking at all the sports information. Then I'll get a random account with like, well, Lord knows what video that I don't need to see. I hate that. Absolutely. I mean, like dark stuff too. It's about crazy. That's going to do it for us uh, here in the Hammer Down Show. You know, hey, I know I didn't touch on Purdue football camp today, but didn't seem like there's a ton of big news out of it. No major injuries sustained today. I mean, we're still down to like the third string on center. You know, that's been my worry. But outside of that, man, it's just, it's quiet. And it's the way that I kind of want it to be, if we're being honest. I'd love to have a better idea about some of these things, but... No news is probably good news at this point. So we tried a media day to really get a a great picture of what the offense, defense is going to look like. Couldn't really do it. We get some time out of practice. Media gets some time out of practice. Gets to talk to folks afterwards, and and that's it. Finally, um, before I go to, by the way, golf clap to all of you. On the internet, uh, if you're like me, you've seen these uh, fires in Maui and the pictures, absolutely devastating. And I was pleasantly shocked to see a number of fans and people not run to the, oh, what's going to happen with the Maui invite? And instead express empathy and a refocus on what matters uh, in in that situation, I understand people have you know tickets and and money wrapped up and and are they going to be able to go? Should they do this? Or they, I, I I can understand that, but the right reaction initially is empathy, understanding, and you know the thoughts and prayers for those folks uh, in, in Maui. If you've seen the pictures, it's not hard for that to be your first thing. But normally, the internet lets me down. In situations like this. And we all remember Skip when DeMar Hamlin went down. Was asking, you know, his first thing is, how, uh, what's going to happen with the game? Internet seems to learn. I, and I'm glad that was the initial reaction to all that. All right, so that about does it here, Hammer Down Show. Big thank you to Nick Yeoman for being on today. Don't forget, uh, everything starts tomorrow with the uh, uh, IndyCar qualifying. Nick's going to be doing four races this weekend. 
I don't know how he's going to do that. But it's a big thank you to Nick. Uh, if you missed uh, any part of the show, you want to go back and listen to Nick, it's easy to do. Uh, you can find us on Spotify. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Um, I believe we're on Audible as well. We've got a tremendous Twitter account at The Hammer Sports. Follow us there at The Hammer Sports. You can also follow me. I'm at Jared on 1017. That's uh, J A R E D on 1017. And of course, Facebook as well. Uh, and 1017thehammer.com and the 1017 The Hammer mobile app. All places that you can go back and re listen. Uh, to all the interviews from this week that you may have missed, including Austin uh, Centric for your race fans yesterday. He was on the program. So uh, make sure you uh, get those likes, you get those follows, you get those subscribes in there, and uh, that way you don't miss out. And I'll see you back here again tomorrow. It'll be our last Friday before high school football gets started. Wow, look at that. That's tomorrow. We're back 3 o'clock on the Hammer Down Show on 101.7.